Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Jaden Graham. And on today's episode, we have Sam. Sam is a prenatal yoga teacher, doula, and mother of two boys presently residing on the Kentucky River. Sam's birth taught her that to truly be free, to know and to trust herself, is to know how to manage her energetic state and create the energy that she wanted within herself and project that out into the world. The message she wishes to share with women is that having a powerful birth does not mean having no support. You can totally be in your power while still choosing to be supported by amazing women who trust and have your back. And I hope you all enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, So wherever you would like to begin your story, please share. Okay. Um... I guess I can start with my first pregnancy and sort of like how that led me to have like the total polar opposite of what that was. Um, So my first pregnancy, I was um, about halfway through a yoga teacher training when I decided I wanted to have a baby. And um, I was doing like eight hours of yoga a day, like so much, probably more than I needed at that time. Um, and it just got me curious, um, because in the training, you're not really supposed to do much with pregnant women. It just got me really curious about sort of the yogic philosophy and ideologies around pregnancy, um, and yoga practice. Um, so I decided to take a prenatal yoga training in Pittsburgh and it was like a week long training um, 65 hours of teaching and whatnot, um, and learning. And that really like, just like cracked me wide open. Like I had, you know, been mostly focused on my pregnancy, um, and how I was feeling in that. And I didn't really know anything about birth before that point, like at all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the teacher completely, um, just you know showed us birth videos and that was like my first instance of ever seeing a birth um and she was a doula herself who had attended over a thousand births at that point and she just shared so much and like I'm not sure I was ready for all of it like it was kind of a lot to like go from knowing nothing about birth just like completely seeing like tons of birth videos and like learning so much stuff all in like a week Mm -hmm. and being pregnant during it. (laughs) So it's kind of like a lot to unpack um, for me. And um, the two things that she 
said to me that really stuck out were to get a midwife, not an OB, um, because I had been seeing an OB. She was just asking me questions like who I was seeing and whatnot. And um, just from what we learned, I knew I wanted to switch over to a midwife. Um, so I did that. And then the other piece that I took away from that training was to hire a doula. Um, so I was like 20 weeks during that training. And when I got back, that was like the first thing I did was like switch to a midwife and hire a doula. Mm. <laughs> um, but there were some things that were coming up in my pregnancy that weren't really being addressed. Like um, I had high blood pressure, like sort of like throughout the pregnancy. Um, like in one of the first appointments, they told me it was a little bit high. And then like all along after that, it was sort of like, you know, it better come down or we're going to have to do this, this or this. Um, mm -hmm. So kind of just like, um, I don't know, it was stressful <laughs> going yeah. to those appointments and kind of being on the chopping block of like, this might happen. And like, it felt sort of like, out of my control and like I didn't have a lot of choice in like what they were going to tell me to do um and all the way up until like there weren't any really preventative measures either they like let me go to like 30 some weeks and it was like still kind of high um and then they put me on like a blood pressure medication um and then at like 37 not quite 37 weeks like 36 weeks they're like okay we want to do an induction um and like, I knew nothing. So I just like, you know, okay, I'll do an induction, I guess. I, I knew I didn't really want to do the induction, but in my mind goes, went to like, okay, how can I start this process sooner? If, the, you know, how do I avoid this by like, you know, beating them <laughs> to it? But, yeah. you know, that's not really possible when your baby's not quite ready to come yet. So mm -hmm. I um, had a very long induction with that birth. Um, it was like over 42 hours. And um, my doula was there for like 36 of those hours. So it was very long for her too. Um, and like I did stay out of the operating room, but you know, it was a very intervened with birth. Like I was on Pitocin that entire time and I had to have the bully bulb and catheter and things got tough. So I got an epidural and it just like, you know, all the things happened. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my yogic perspective didn't really prepare me for that. Like mentally I could like breathe through it and like do my meditation and all that. And that was great, but it wasn't like, it didn't show me my true power of like how I could own my birth experience. Um, so, um, after all that happened, um, about nine months postpartum, I had been working with prenatal yoga clients and they just kept asking you know, and um, getting to know me and building a relationship and sort of like wanting me at their birth. And at the time I hadn't um, made the decision to become a doula, but, you know, quickly adjusted. I was like, okay, of course, I would love to be at your birth. Um, so I took just like the short weekend doula training and went to a couple births. I got like a total mixed bag of everything from like a home birth, um, a repeat cesarean, a hospital birth, like I got a little bit of everything in there in that time. And it kind of like just widened my perspective of the different ways that birth can look. Um, and um, going to that home birth really like made me realize like, okay, yes, I really want to have a home birth this time. 
and I want to do things differently. So um, then I um, got pregnant with my second and I was like, all right, we're doing it. We're going to go this whole separate path of like, um, you know, finding a home birth midwife and like seeing what that looks like. But I'd had the history of hypertension before in my previous pregnancy. So that was kind of like on my mind as I was like going about that process. And I still had a lot of fear around like if it's a certain number, they could just like drop me and like drop my care and just like, nope, sorry, you have to have a hospital birth. Like around here, like they can just risk you out of having a home birth, like almost willy nilly. Like if you just don't pass this criteria, sorry, nope, you can't do it. (laughs) So that was like, just in the back of my mind of like, okay, like what if this happens again? Like, what if I just like, um, you know, have the same kind of thing going on, but like nothing seems wrong and I feel okay, but I just like, don't meet the criteria. And so I knew that I would have to find someone who was willing to be more in the gray area and not just like, so focused on what the numbers were, but like listening to me and how I felt. Um, and then I found Marin. <laughs> she mm-hmm. happened to be moving to Kentucky, like right after I found out that, um, I was pregnant and I kind of like, um, used the first couple of weeks of that pregnancy as an opportunity to just like slow down and like really just sort of like test my intuition and my ability to like, not know like a concrete answer. Um, and I didn't test for like the first two weeks (laughs) and like that was my first like little like trial of like stepping into the unknown and kind of just like seeing how that feels Mm -hmm. um so I had done those two weeks where I just like waited it out and then I was like okay I'm actually pregnant Mm -hmm. (laughs) and even that I was still like questioning like because I didn't test you know our family and friends and stuff they're just like how do you know? How do you know? I'm like, well, I haven't gotten my cycle. So I know I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just funny. Cause that was just like the first opportunity for me to like really lean in and like, trust myself. Like, do I really think I'm pregnant? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so Marin had moved here and, um, I met with her probably about um, 10 weeks into my pregnancy for the first time. And that was also, um, the first time, like I ever knew where my uterus was. Like I went 27 years, almost 28 years without knowing where my uterus was. Um, so that felt really cool of just like, you know, learning about myself and how I can like access what I know, um, first, and then sort of like work with it if I need other things. Um, so yeah. Um, and then the, the blood pressure concern was still there. So like, it was sort of like, I kind of got to this understanding of like, okay, this is sort of my normal, like my normal is like 120 over 70. And that's not normal for some people, but for me, that's kind of like my average. Um, and, um, you know, still brought up a lot of concerns of like, you know, is something going to come up later or like just that whole process of like, 
really sitting with like the fear that had been there before and sort of like kind of like all the stuff that had taken place from there where I had just like given my power away Mm -hmm. and like really just like coming back and like being with it um and like just listening to what my body was telling me um and so yeah that was like a whole journey in itself of just coming to a place of like being with it um and you know towards the end of my pregnancy it sort of creeped up a little bit like it was like a little bit closer to like 130s and I was like getting kind of concerned and um Marin just like gave me the opportunities to like you know bring it back into myself and like ask myself like how am I feeling and what would I do and like that ultimately led me to say, well, I feel like everything's okay and I'm just gonna go about my business. Um, And um, there was like another point where like, you know, in the Western model, they would have like totally freaked out. And Mm -hmm. it was like when I was um, like 34 weeks, not quite 35 weeks, um, I measured like 37 weeks and Mm -hmm. it's like, whoa, like they would have been like ultrasounds and da da da. And Mary Mm -hmm. just looked at me and and was like, <laughs> they would totally freak out about this. Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, like, I was kind of freaking out, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you do the Google search and you see all the things that they would have like been wanting to do. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, that seems awful. Um, <laughs> and she just asked me, um, like, if I didn't know the number, how would I feel? And that really like stuck with me. Um, and just gave me the opportunity to just like think about it critically and like in a more nuanced way than just like you have to be this number or you can't do X, Y, Z. Right. Um, so yeah, um, you know, I just measured really big (laughs) and my son was like eight pounds, 10 ounces when he was born. So it makes sense. Yeah, Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So still like kind of like walking between worlds at the end of this pregnancy where it was like and you know, I was already outside of the normal way we do things in pregnancy at least around here as a doula like you know, I see I've seen pregnant women, heard a lot of birth stories and like they're usually pretty similar. So everything I was doing was like totally new for myself and my community even as a doula. Um, there weren't doulas that had really had a birth like this, um, Mm -hmm. or had a pregnancy like this where they just chose all of their own care and had it like specifically, um, like created in their own way. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was like kind of magical, just like, you know, um, being in that new way of, pregnancy and birth and just like, you know, sort of like seeing how it goes and, and learning to trust myself. And, um, I kind of like found a community through that. Um, my, my doula, she had a doula night, like every third, every other Thursday. So we would go and get together there and like, it was just so cool having that little community of birthy people and kind of like, even out of them, I was like the first 
first person getting like the opportunity to like create my own pregnancy care and have the birth that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, just having them like at having them have my back like that was like really awesome. Um, and we got really close through that process and like, we still meet and, um, are really close now too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Let's, uh, yeah. So how did, um, with, with this like new empowerment of, um, you know, just like really owning your pregnancy, which is so beautiful and I'm so happy for you, you know, again, what a, what a, what an amazing, what an amazing gift to give to yourself, you know, to really like, you know, take, to take charge of your, of your pregnancy, um, and just, just to have that, like, you know, really wise, um, that wise inner knowing, um, you know, to just guide you of being like, yeah, this is, you know, maybe, maybe I want to look at this, but yeah, you know, or maybe, you know, this is totally normal. And then also too, it's like what Marin said, which I think that that's just beautiful and amazing. You know, what, you know, what would that number, what, what if you didn't know that number? Like that's, that's just such a good, that's such a good reminder. And I mean, I feel like that can echo into so many different circumstances um, that can arise in pregnancy. Um, But that being said, um, yeah, I was hoping you could get into the birth and I would love to hear about that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, I'd love to share about the birth. Yeah. Um, It was just, it was nuts. It was way faster than I thought it would be. Um, And as a doula, like I'm used to like, you know, hearing about like women going into labor and, you know, all that stuff. Like usually they let me know plenty ahead of time. And I'm like there for a good number of hours before they're actually giving birth. But for me, like I was totally in the zone and just in it and like experiencing it. So it happened a lot faster than I was expecting. Um, I woke up probably like at five that morning, but I had been having contractions on and off like at night for days. Um, And so it wasn't really clear that I was in labor at that point. Um, But the night before I had just gotten to the point where I was sitting on the couch with my husband and I was just like, I'm like so done being pregnant. Like I just felt like not myself anymore and just like ready for this baby to come. And I was like, you know, just had a good cry about that. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning I woke up and I was like, something feels different, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I didn't know at that point that I was actually in labor. So I went back to sleep and then like around eight, I got up and sort of did like a quick, like, um, clean sweep around the house just to get things like more how I like them. And then I had reached out to Marin and my doula Laura um, to let them know like hey I'm having contractions but I don't really know if I'm actually in labor yet Um, I think they were like 10 or like seven minutes apart at that point Um, and I just decided to make breakfast and sort of like go about my day Um, so I made my breakfast and um, my husband he's a teacher so he was actually like it was a snow day. So he was doing online school. 
um, in our office downstairs, like popping up and down between um, the online um, video calls and um, like just coming in to check on me. And so like after, after his first couple ones, he came up to check on me around like 10 or 11. And I was just like in the bed, like crying, Mm. (laughs) like just thinking like, I don't know, like if I can do this, like, I don't know, like it was the reality setting in of like, okay, like I can talk the talk, but like, am I going to walk the walk? Like I had to really like own up to like, this is it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's happening. Um, but I still thought it would be forever because I had been, I had a 42 hour birth (laughs) the first time. So I was thinking, okay, maybe sometime tonight or tomorrow, you know, at that point. Um, so I got in the bath for a bit, but I just like, couldn't get comfortable in the bath. Like there was no real way to like lay my head down that felt good or just like rest. Mm -hmm. Um, so I only spent like maybe half an hour in the bath and then I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to get out and like walk around a bit and then maybe get in the shower if that feels good. Um, so, um, I did that, I got dressed and then, um, my husband was asking me as I was getting out of the bath, like, do you want me to like cancel school for the rest of the day? so that I can be up here. And I was like, you just need to decide that. I don't know. And then I was like, <laughs> deep in another contraction. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I kept thinking him being on the outside, okay, he would notice this and like, let me know when it was getting kind of like, um, like I was showing signs that it was getting close, mm-hmm. but I wasn't thinking in my head, okay, I'm getting close. I was just like in the experience. Um, so like I hadn't texted with Marin or Laura in like hours and Zach and I, I was like, Zach, will you do hip squeezes while I get in the shower? So I just got in the shower for a bit and had my husband do a couple hip squeezes. And I was like, okay, this kind of works, but like, it's too much going on. Like, I just want to get out. And then like, after I got out, he was like doing chores or something or helping with our two-year-old. And I was just like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like, I'm really getting to that point. And I texted both Marin and Laura that, um, and my contractions were maybe like three minutes apart at that point. And I just like sent him a screenshot and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, Oh, okay. Like, okay. It sounds like it's time to go. Like maybe we should get together sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they'd been on standby. Um, that whole time but I don't know I just kept thinking that it would take a very long time and it did not so it was getting closer to like two ish I think when Laura got here my doula and I was like kind of like getting to the point where I was sort of like in one position to like work through the contractions and uh, my husband was doing hip squeeze and I remember her just like opening the door And my husband wanted to get up to like greet her and say, Hey, and I was like, you stay put, (laughs) like, I need you here. (laughs) And then when she got into the room, she was like, do you want me to take over for a little bit? Um, to my husband. And he was like, yeah. And like, I don't know. I definitely love the support from other women. Like it feels so good. So Mm -hmm. just like the second she, she got there and she just 
had like a nice massage oil and she was just so comforting and rubbing my back. Um, it felt really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and Zach, he was doing good too. Like he did, he was doing his best, but like that, that soft woman's touch of like, I'm here just feels so incredible. Um, couldn't agree more. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, It's it's like magical. It's like from another time. Yeah. And um, yeah. So she was like helping me work through those like about every three minutes probably still but at this point I was just like done with my phone and like had you know had very little idea of what was going on outside of my body um so like every couple minutes she would do a hip squeeze or like rub my back and um oh and then I got to the point where I was like you know what I think it's time to get the chucks pads and like put one down and like take my pants off (laughs) um like I could feel something was gonna change (laughs) at Mm -hmm. that point but I just kept I had been expecting so long before like some kind of cervical change like a mucus plug or like something coming out down there and just nothing had changed up until that point um so um Yeah. So Zach brought in the Chuck's pads and we put one down. I took my pants off and like the next contraction, like my water broke. (laughs) And Laura's like, Laura's like behind me, like texting Marin, like, okay, when are you going to get here? Like, I think the baby is coming now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Marin and Marga was in town as well. Um, So she got to be at the birth too, Mm. but they got here like 30 minutes before um I birthed my baby and like one of the first questions I had after I had him was like how long were you guys here because it did not Mm. feel very long at all um but yeah so my water broke and then shortly after maybe just like a couple more contractions Marin and Margo got here and Marin's oldest daughter Amelia was um uh our photographer um so they kind of like snuck in and like I knew they were here but I was just like I love you guys but I can't really say hey right now Mm -hmm. um because I was just in it (laughs) totally um yeah (laughs) totally in it um and I remember saying to Marin I was like I'm I'm gonna do like one or two more contractions like this and then I'm going to um see if I can go to the bathroom And, um, so that's what I did. I did maybe one more contraction and I was like, okay, I'm going to get up and go pee. Um, and so I like, as soon as I get on the toilet, I was like spontaneously bearing down and pooping at the same time. And I wanted to be doing like, what are the other, but it was just like happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so like Laura was kind of like asking me like hey do you want me in here I was like please stay in here please (laughs) um but like I had the lights off and I was just like spontaneously bearing down and like pooping in the dark and it was just so funny because like I kept thinking like okay like I just want to like wipe and be done pooping and then move on to the part where I have the baby but Mm -hmm. like it was just happening all at once um so I kind of like just like went with that like I mean it was like taking over my body like it was just how the process was going um 
And um, my husband tried to come in to like comfort me. And I was just like, get out of here. Like, there's not enough room. Like, (laughs) go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like, kind of like, as soon as they came in, I knew like, okay, I want to get down off the toilet and like, see, just like, see where I'm at, like, see if I'm like ready to push. Um, And like, as soon as I stood up, like I felt um, down there and I felt my baby's head and I was like oh my gosh it's his head his head is there and I was just like overjoyed by the fact that his head was like right there and like he was so close um and so surprised like I thought like I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this but it was getting intense at that point um so just feeling his head down there was like so amazing like mm-hmm. he's here he's close like it's really happening. And I even asked Mary and I was like, is that his head? Is that his head? And she like, kind of like tried to peek down there. She was like, I don't know. You tell me like, <laughs> is that his head? <laughs> um, and then like, then once I got down, it kind of like switched from being like spontaneous bearing down where I couldn't control it to where like, I felt like more a sense of like calm and just like excitement at the same time. And like, was like, okay, now I'm going to push kind of feeling. Um, and it was really just like a couple pushes. I'm not even sure how many, maybe just um, one or two, maybe three. And like his head was like coming out. And um, like some women say they have like a burn or like a sting, like when there's crowding. But to me, like I was so overcome with like, the happiness and joy and just like bliss that I felt like, okay, my baby is coming. He's here. His head is there that like, I didn't feel any of that. Like I just felt so amazing. And like, I just kept saying how happy I was and how excited I was. Um, and like, that was kind of surprising to some of them. They were like, you got so excited and so happy (laughs) (laughs) about about like at a point where some people are like really like having to work for it or like it gets really hard and like I was still having to do that too but like I had had to work through so much energetically like throughout my pregnancy that like I had like been waiting for this like I was ready for that point in birth like and just ready to experience the joy of it. Um, so when that time came, I was like, oh my gosh, like it really is like so much joy. It's overwhelming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, he just like slid right out. Like he felt so slippery. It was just like, whoa, just like a baby slipped right out. And like, he was like in my arms and we hadn't found out whether it was a girl or boy. And I had been thinking that it would be a girl the whole time. And then like, as soon as he slipped out and I just like, pulled him up to my chest I was like is it a boy like Mm. I was already asking like is he a boy pretty much (laughs) (laughs) like somewhere in there I knew that like um he was a boy um even though I'd been wanting a girl and thinking about a girl Mm. it's just like it was like instant as soon as he was like on this side I was like it's him Mm. um and this was also like the first opportunity to like birth my own placenta. Like I had been at kind of like 
um, sad about not getting to push my own placenta out at the hospital with my first birth. Um, so I was actually kind of like looking forward to um, birthing my own placenta. And um, like that also was like really quick. I think Margo, I remember her saying it in the video, it was only like six minutes. That could be wrong, but it was pretty close to after the birth where I was like, okay, I think I want to push this thing out. And um, it was like hard to get like a good grip on my baby because he was just like so slippery and covered in fluid. Um, asked for a towel, but it was still like a lot to hold up. So I like just asked for like a little bit of traction on it while I just like squatted over a bowl and like pushed a bit and like out it came. Um, and then from there, I was like starting to ask questions like, so how long were you here? And that kind of thing. And then realizing like they'd only been here like 30 minutes <laughs> and like now it was time to just like settle in with my baby and get comfortable. Mm -hmm. So they helped me um, move to the bed and like um, took care of like all the messy stuff that happens with birth mm -hmm. um, and made me tea. And um, my son came in to see the baby and like at first he was like oh wow a baby's here and then he was like no baby me baby <laughs> he's like two yeah and he was like kind of saying like okay give this baby to someone else like I want to be the baby yeah <laughs> um, so that was funny and really sweet um, and like I have photos of my son like checking out my placenta while Marin kind of like showed me where everything was with the placenta, like the sack and um, the connection and um, like both sides of it. He was like checking it out too. And that was like super cool. Um, and like once, once we, we decided to do like a cord burning ceremony um, and I was like really grateful to have like planned ahead to sort of do some more like sort of like ritual type things for the birth after because if I had I had kind of wanted to do more stuff in the beginning but it just happened so quickly there wasn't a lot to do like mm -hmm. I had a birth pool that I didn't even set up and um in the postpartum like I was like this is a great way to sort of like come back um into a like a slower pace of that and like honor um everything that it happened up to that point and like make the separation not like an instant like cut but mm -hmm. more of like a process and it was cool because um like they got to help me like hold the little box and like hold the candles and like everyone was sort of like part of the experience of like letting mm -hmm. it on um like burn and like burn away slowly mm -hmm. um and like, it's kind of like a lot going on. Like there's fire and there's melting wax and it smells like burning human flesh <laughs> when you burn a cord. <laughs> but like, it was special and, you know, it was um, something that I chose and that we got to do all together. Um, so I really liked that. And then um, Margot and Laura had, and Marin too, I think she helped with it, prepared like an herb bath for me to get into. So it was like um, 
a mixture of like a bunch of different stuff and they just like filled the bottom of the tub a couple inches um, and let me sit in it um, to, to recover from the birth process. And like, I didn't realize until looking back at the video, but I had an eight pound, 10 ounce baby with a nuchal hand and I'm like a five foot tall, like tiny person. <laughs> so like, like I did tear, but like, it was just crazy how ecstatic and blissful I felt while all that was happening. Um, and I didn't even realize like his hand was there and there was nothing to be done about it. He just kind of like twisted around like shoop, mm -hmm. and came right out. Um, so yet another thing that would have been interfered with in like a hospital setting where they would have wanted to like move the hand in a certain way or turn the baby. Um, but you know, he got to come out how he wanted to and, um, it like all worked out so beautifully. Mm, awesome. Well, Sam, thank you so much. Um, yeah, what a, yeah, just it, that birth does sound so blissful and I'm so happy for you. And again, thank you so much for allowing me to record you today. Um, it's such an honor and a privilege and yeah, great to have you here. And is there any last parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Um, I would just say that, um, Having a powerful birth doesn't mean that like you don't have amazing people right by your side. I think that was like um, one of the best parts of having a birth like that is just having people who really believed in me and trusted me with me and not feeling like I had to do it all on my own. Mm, cool. Well, yeah, support. Yeah, support it takes a village sometimes. And it's yeah, it's really wonderful when when you have that support that you can that you can access it. It's it's really yeah, it's it's awesome. And thank you again so much. Um, yeah, such a treat to have you here today. And thank you for sharing your story and showing up in this way. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change, one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.